Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey, so welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is the third of the four pieces about weaving your finding and exploiting in a positive and good way your most powerful gift and voice, your story. You know, I was just talking to Joy, my wife, who is my joy and my delightful companion and my soulmate and all the rest, about story. And here's, here's something about story. Your whole life is a story. So is mine. You have a story about everything. And we use the word story often in a pejorative way, like it's, a, it's untrue. Uh, and I don't mean it that way at all. Story is the, the organization that you have in your mind, your context, right? And your stories can be your jailer and they can be your liberator. That's why we like stories of victory. That's why we like the hero's journey, the unlikely person who's thrust into a difficult circumstance and suddenly has all kinds of hardships and trials. And then there's a, a mentor and some wisdom and a dark night of the soul and, you know, the whole Joseph Campbell thing. And if you haven't read The Hero of a Thousand Faces, you should. Because it is how we run life. And we can pretend we don't, but we do. Even when we say we're going to be realistic and we're going to look at facts as they are, every fact that goes into my mind and yours goes through our lenses, the lens of interpretation. You know, we watch a, an interaction over there and your interpretation of it and mine are completely different. And it's because of the story, the lenses we have, the framing. And if you think about that, you know it's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it could not be otherwise. You have a set of experiences in your life that give you a set of lenses. Everything you see and know comes through that set of lenses. So do I, so does everybody. The difficulty is when we believe that the lenses we have are the only ones that exist. Or that they're the only ones that are right, whatever that means. When we understand that I have lenses and so do you, and so does each person, and that their lenses are as good as yours and mine, then we begin to be able to relate to each other, make growth and progress, and then make adjustments to the stories that we have about things that we find useful, helpful, powerful, and appropriate. Uh, I saw, I got an email this morning from a fellow whose email list I'm on that said, <clears throat> you know, if someone, and he, he works on mental toughness, and I love him, his name's Chris Doris, and he wrote a book recently called 52 Mental Toughness Mantras, one for every week, and I'm on his email list, and it's really fun, and actually he's been on this show and on LA Talk Radio, but anyway, the thing he sent to me this morning that I thought was fun was, he said, remember this. If, if someone treats you poorly, brusquely, I think was the word he uses, a little rude or a little, you know, intemperate or something, rawr, treats you that way today, remember this, that if you knew, felt, and experienced exactly what that person did, you would do exactly the same thing. Now, that is a powerful thing to think about. 
Because that means the behavior, the words, the actions for that individual or anyone are completely logical given their story. And the story, again, is that whole composite of everything we know and understand and believe about the world. And each person in it and each circumstance in it. So that, that's, uh, that's, it's a key piece to understanding how you and I can make the most difference in the world. If you and I come to realize every single person has a story, a set of lenses through which we interpret every event, world events, personal events, inside events, our own thoughts and feelings, every word and thought comes to us through those filters, which is a collection of all of the stuff we've had in the past. Every person has one, and every person's is just as good as yours. When we believe that ours is the only interpretation, and it is somehow the right one, then that's where conflict begins. Because then there's a contest between how you see a thing and I see a thing, or between how different countries see things. And that conflict, that contest over who's the right one, is the genesis of all this negativity that we see in the world. And the truth is, everybody's is just as good as yours. Now, another interesting truth is that evidence, just looking around, dictates that certain kinds of lenses help us move in, in certain directions. So, uh, that's sort of nebulous. If I have a negative, if I have a lens, because of my past experience that interprets everything that comes in, news reports, comments from others, stuff I see online in a really negative way, and I assume and believe negative stuff because of my past experience, that lens, that story leads me to less productivity, less success, and an earlier death because I live constantly with this flood of negative um, neurotransmitters that are corrosive. There's a book called Anger Kills, which is written by a doctor that I read a few years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And it was a lot of studies about how that kills us, having that in our body. And I have a client who's also a retired internal medicine physician for many, many, many years. And I mentioned that to him, and he knew exactly what I was talking about and all the research that was behind it. So uh, I'm Every, every lens that you have or that anybody has is just as valid as yours and mine. The lenses that we have do lead to certain consequences. So if I believe that everyone in the world is a crook and trying to rip me off, I will behave differently and get different outcomes than if I believe people are generally trying to do good. Right? I, I approach every conversation, every business deal, every personal deal differently. And I, I, the lens that a person has who believes everyone's negative and trying to rip them off is the sum of their past experience. So the, the liberation comes when you or I realize this is just my lens. There is a different interpretation here. There's another way I could look at this if I wanted to. In fact, there are people right this minute who look at the very same set of circumstances differently than I do, than I do 
And instead of making them wrong, because mine's the right one, I can just say, well, that's different. And further, we can say, I wonder what it would be like if I looked at it that way. What would I do different and what would happen different in my life? And simple example for business is networking. If you go to a networking meeting and you think you don't have anything to offer and nobody wants to talk to you, you'll have a certain set of behaviors and a certain outcome. And that lens that you wear may be the result of all your past experiences, and that's fine. But it still leads to that outcome of you don't talk to very many people and the conversations aren't fruitful. So networking sucks and it never works. And I've heard people say that. On the other hand, if you <clears throat> had the lens that everybody wants to talk to you and everybody's there, <clears throat> maybe just as uncertain as you are, and that it's going to be fun, your behavior and your outcome is going to be completely different. Now, the key is to, to recognize the lens that you have and say, wow, I have this lens. And the lens, based on my past experience, is what it is, and I want to try a different one on. That ability to recognize that and change is the foundation for growth. You get to make choices about who you are. The accumulation of your past experience that gives you your present lens is just one way to look at things. When you know that and you say, you know, I'm going to take some steps, take some action, do some experiments to look at things differently, just as an experiment, just to try something new, to see what happens. That's the foundation for how to change uh, negative beliefs that I wrote about in the book of context. So the book of context is all about how to change beliefs that we have, these stories that we have about the world. Now, today, <clears throat> that's the introductory part. Yesterday, or last episode, uh, 780, uh, I think it's 780. Yeah, 780. Today's 781. We talked about your existing skills, all those things that you intentionally developed and practiced and learned that you're good at, that you've been selling in the marketplace from your college degree to your profession, to your certifications, to maybe your trade school learning, your journeyman status, your status as an author, whatever it is that you've learned how to do and learned how to do it well and you've been selling in the marketplace. And what I mentioned yesterday is satisfaction, life satisfaction with that choice is optional. Because often we learn how to do something, we sell it in the marketplace and find out that it's not really fulfilling. It doesn't fulfill that deep yearning that we have. And that deep yearning is not a mystery. That deep yearning is love. We love, eat, we are built to love and serve. Now, if our past lens has brought us up in dangerous or difficult circumstances, then we doubt that and push it away. But it doesn't change who we are at the core. We've put lots of layers of dust and jaded outlook and negativity on top of it, but it still doesn't change who we are. We yearn for companionship, friendship, and to love and serve each other. That's just how we're built. That is our divine creation nature. So today we're going to talk about the second part of that rope we talked about. The first part is your existing skills, and if you <clears throat> listened to the last episode, now you have a list of Skills that you have sold in the marketplace. You have also marked the ones, or in a separate pile, the ones that you've sold that you really like, that you enjoy doing, that you could do over and over again without getting bored, tired, frustrated. And I don't want to do this. Again, I made reference in that episode to a client I have who is really clear with me about that. He has a wide range of skills, 
And he said, I know how to do this really well and this and this and this. But this one I don't like. I get bored really quick. And this one that's no fun to do, even though I know how to do it well. So he could go do that skill and sell it in the marketplace, but that wouldn't be a fulfilling business or job, either one. It wouldn't be fulfilling because it's something you don't like to do. So existing skills separated into those you know how to do and could get paid for but don't like, and those you know how to get paid for and do like. So that's part one of the rope. Today is part two, which is your natural gifts. Now, I picked this background. It's a background that I took of a picture in a Ukrainian uh, village church. Now, Edmonton, Alberta is a, a hub of many Ukrainian immigrants a uh, hundred years ago. Now, there are a bunch of new ones here because of the war going on in, in Europe right now. <clears throat> and But here there's a Ukrainian National Congress. There's some churches and communities and so forth. And so east of Edmonton, a little ways, about an hour, there's a Ukrainian village that was built that brought together a bunch of old structures and stuff to depict lifestyle uh, a while ago, 100 years ago, when uh, all this immigration was happening. And there were lots and lots of folks there, and it's fun to go out there. Anyway, this is a picture in a church, Ukrainian church out there, and it's the sun streaming in one of the windows that's high up, and it made this beautiful sort of uh, lighting that I loved, and I took a picture of it. The reason I'm using it for this episode is because uh, divine gifts and natural gifts to me, and again, that's my story, they're the same. They're the things that you naturally seem to know how to do and do well. And also, not always, but almost always, they're things you enjoy doing. So I'll give you examples. I have hundreds of examples because this shows up every time I meet people and I meet many brand new people every single week through my networking activities. And so here's what I notice. I notice that when people talk about their lives, they talk about that set of skills they're selling, the ones they've learned and are putting in the marketplace. And they also, because I ask, I always ask, they talk in terms of things that they just love doing. And often they might be connected with volunteering or serving. I love helping kids with this. Or I have a pastor who's a client who loves working with young girls you know, on self-esteem issues. And I have another guy that I talk to that is, is working with troubled, you know, troubled teens. And uh, all of them. Uh, it, it's almost always a labor of love. In fact, I will say always, with rare exceptions, instead of almost always. Always, with rare exceptions. It's a labor of love. And so exploring what your natural gifts are is the second unique and super powerful thing that goes together in that rope that we talked about, that three-strand braided rope. The first one was the skills you've learned and sold, and the second one is your natural gifts. Now, you may, some people do, go to school or trade or learn to use stuff that is connected to their natural gifts as what they sell in the marketplace. That is happening more today than it has before because there was always the story of, yeah, but you can't make a living doing that whatever that is, right? Can't be a musician because that's hard. You can't be an author because that's hard. You can't be a comedian because that's so hard. You can't be, you know, the natural things that we wanted to do, that we felt drawn to do, 
often there was, well, that's not traditional. You should go to college and get a job and do the regular, you know, job thing. And that drumbeat uh, is softer today than it was 20 or 30 years ago or 50 years ago when I was growing up. 60 years ago, I'm 67. So that drumbeat's softer today than it used to be. But you used to be super powerful, traditional, grow up, get a job, do the thing, don't think about that other crap. It's uncertain, you can't do this, and there's no really way to do that. Today, with the internet and the reach around the world, it's easier to create a business of your own. It's easier to create things that you love to do than it's ever been. Easier than it's ever been, and that's a benefit. You know, the the high-speed internet, cell phones and all that's made it so you can work from anywhere, and the pandemic sort of forced everybody to move in that direction, you know, 10 10 steps in that direction, and some people are going back to offices, but there's all kinds of trends now of big companies not building office buildings anymore because there's nobody to fill them. We're not going to have this whole centralized workforce anymore with big commutes and tall buildings and all the rest. We've moved past that. Our communication and collaboration tools are such that we don't need that anymore. Some companies are adopting that quickly and some slowly, and there's going to be bumps along the road, but that's a whole different episode about the changing nature of the workforce and people's demands and a company's needs and how effective people are working remotely or not and <clears throat> the effect of no commute and more and less efficiency. That's a whole conversation that's not part of today. Today, I want to talk about that, continue talking about that second piece of your superpower. And I know superpower is a cliche word and I don't care. Your existing skills that you've spent time developing is number one. Number two is your natural gifts. Your natural gifts, the things that you downplay mostly, but that you seem really good at and that you do naturally and easily compared to others. Now, those natural gifts, and sometimes, like I mentioned, those are intertwined, but those natural gifts are, everybody has them. And you might think, I don't have any. That's nonsense. You do. You do. You may or may not have identified them or tried to use them or discovered them, or you may have discounted them, but you have them. So let's talk about some of them. Some people are naturally gifted uh, physically, athletics. And so we have people that are incredible at different sports, whether they're team sports or individual sports. Sometimes they go and spend a lot of effort and energy developing that skill, but they had a natural proclivity to start with. One of the natural gifts I have that I love is music. Uh, my ear is blessed. I have pitch, you know, perfect pitch, and I can tell if you go play a note on the piano what it is, and, you know, that sort of thing. I didn't even know that I had that till I was a senior in high school, and then I was an accidental discovery. Uh, and it was an embarrassing story. And there was a record playing, and uh, the favorite trumpet, I played trumpet and piano and some other instruments, but then anyway, our favorite trumpet player, jazz guy, was playing a, a, a song, and he was a screaming, played way up high, so he played this screaming high note. And I said out loud in the company of the other people in the jazz band, oh, wow, listen to that G. And I knew from hearing it that it was a trumpet G, which is a piano F. And someone else stopped and looked at me and said, how do you know that's a G? And I felt a little attacked, even though it wasn't meant to be that way. 
Uh, I don't know. It sounds like one. And my thinking was, what do you mean? You, you don't know that? Can't you just hear that that's a G? So that's how I did. I was embarrassed for a moment. And I realized that I had that gift. So you have them. Sometimes they're artistic gifts. Sometimes they're physical gifts. Most of the gifts aren't, you know, artistic, painting, drawing, piano, music, composing, uh, or physical jumping high, although that's a pile of them. Most of those gifts are internal. Maybe you're naturally kind. Maybe you naturally listen better. My wife, Joy, she is incredibly observant. And I don't even think she thinks about it. When we drive down the road, she sees everything. And that's whether she's driving or a passenger. Oh, that dog over there. And there's a cat up there. And there's a person over there. And... You know, down there, and she just isn't, notices things. And that's a, a, a venue where I see it all often, but it's true in a, in a room, too. She'll recognize people across the room you can barely see. And it isn't because her eyesight's good. She just has this ability to notice things. Well, that's a spiritual gift, a divine gift. She also has the gift of knowing what a good thing to do is right now in a situation. Like intuitively, she knows, well, this is what we ought to go say. And that's a gift, and I'm in awe of that. So your your assignment or thinking game here is to think about what are your divine gifts? What are the natural gifts you came with? You may be using them, but most people aren't. And, and if they are, they don't count them for much, right? Because it's easy for me, so everybody must be able to do that, right? Like I thought about that note. No, it's not true. They are your gifts, and you need to notice what they are and leverage them. And I'll tell you why. It isn't to take advantage of anybody. It's to add good to the world. Those gifts were given to me and you to add good to the world, to serve and love. I mentioned this yesterday, you and maybe earlier today. You and I are built to love and serve each other. We are happiest when we're working together in cooperative community and adding good to the world, doing good, making people happy, doing things that are valuable. That's when we're happiest. And we have a religion that we're happiest when we have the most and we have money and stuff. But evidence, just look around, that's not true. You know, wealthy people commit suicide regularly and have depression and struggle deeply and furiously. And money doesn't solve that. It may give them access to the best treatments, but it doesn't solve problems. So the second piece of your divine voice, your awesome, and I use the word superpower even though it's cliche, because it really is. It is your a tool to add the most power and good to the world. The second piece of that rope is your natural gifts, your divine gifts. And I call it a rope because I think of a three-strand braided nylon rope. And in my mind, it's blue, yellow, and white. You know, like a, like a ski rope or a boat rope that ties a boat up. And it's wound together with these three bright, beautiful colors. And that brightness and beauty signifies your life, your ability to add good to the world. Sometimes I call it a rope. Sometimes I call it your unique voice. So your assignment here, if you'll take it and do it, is to carefully go through your life and think about and make a note of what your natural gifts are. Now, there's four ways that I have that are pretty foolproof to find them. 
One is to just look or look and see the things that you're naturally good at and just list them. And this isn't about modesty or bragging or anything. Just list the things that you're naturally good at. That's one. Second thing is to ask people that you know that are close to you that you trust, right? Look at those things. The third thing is to look to your adversity, the things you've struggled with. Maybe you had a health challenge. Maybe you were born in unfavorable circumstances. Maybe you had abuse heaped on you. Maybe you've had some real reversals, setbacks, lost a bunch of stuff, lost a bunch of money, had bankruptcy, had huge failure, had relationships fail, had someone be totally, you know, unkind to you, betrayal. Those kinds of events also give you gifts. They give you natural gifts. And they, they do give you gifts if you let them refine you instead of ruin you. So, and then the fourth thing... So one, think, think yourself through stuff you really love. Two, ask people that know you. Three, look to the things that you've struggled with and what has come to you because of that. And four, ask the divine, however you picture that to be, the universe, the greater self. You do that through prayer, through meditation, through some time alone to think about it because those gifts were given you by your creator. They were given to you to, ha- to have fun, to make a difference, to contribute to the world. That's why you have them. That's why I have them. So that process of thinking about what those are, and again, maybe they're tied to the things you've developed. If you've developed those, and that's part of that developed pile that we talked about last episode, then you're already starting down this road, and those are the people that have a job that love it. Those are the people that have a career that they're just absolutely in love with because they're doing stuff that feels good to them as opposed to simply something that they're good at they can get paid for. So combining your natural gifts and the ones you've developed is a powerful combination. That's two of the three strands. Now, maybe you have gone about developing your natural gifts. That is powerful. So I have a gift of music, and I've spent now decades, 60 years, working on the piano. Sometimes very diligently, four hours a day practice on and on and on to learn really difficult stuff. And sometimes, you know, more ad hoc practice. But I have really developed that. I've developed the gift of music arranging and composition and songwriting and stuff. And those are come from my natural gift of music. And I've developed the gift of speaking. And I'm telling you that to give you examples, not to say anything about me, because this is about you. So think about yours. What are yours? So after last episode, you should have a pile of things you've developed, skills you've developed, sold in the marketplace, ones you like and ones you don't. And now you have a list of natural gifts. Include the ones you haven't really developed yet, but you know you do. Maybe you listen really well. Maybe you have real empathy. Maybe you're uh, the person someone people come to to talk to. Maybe you give really good and thoughtful advice. Maybe you don't judge people. There are some that judge people harshly and others that just don't. All those are gifts and list them and separate those into ones you've really developed and ones you haven't. And neither one is better, but just note this. So you have reference as we go into the next episode, which is the third strand of that rope, which is weaving in your life experience. Now, if you'll do this with me, if you'll understand this three-braid rope and look at the skills you've developed on purpose, 
the ones you've sold in the marketplace, the ones you like and don't, your natural gifts, the ones you've developed, and the ones you haven't really paid attention to yet. Then when we do the next episode, you'll be able to see how to weave this into a powerful tool to make all the difference you want. More money, more impact, and have more fun as you create and live your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your